0: Corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll for some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m. rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open eh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot.
3: Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff. It's two o'clock.
1: It's almost time for some call me, Tim. We are going to wait for our special, special guest, Kimberly Rose Went. If you are listening to this in a later date, the timestamp is 124 and you are listening to The Breaker, please go buy your tickets for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We're going to be right back with Kimberly Rose Wendt as she, uh, this Friday, comes to the show, Pantastic Comedy Clubhouse. She's going to be defending her Hell in a Handbasket title for Hell in a Handbasket 6. going to be a great show. It's like Chopped, except there's premises in baskets instead of food. And they create an amazing stand-up improv meal for you to ingest and then you chop one of them and then we have 3 and then 2 and then we have a winner just like Kimberly Rose went has been in the past so we're going to be right back
3: with her and enjoy these commercials Grocery Their bulk section is dope af
4: I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this
3: updated every three parsecs. Tim's Tesseract Tim's Tesseract
4: to Muni Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things.
2: Are you tired of swimming through a sea of
7: podcasts?
3: When you hear the scary trick.
1: You know it's time. Oh, it is time for Some Call Me Tim. Hell yeah, Some Call Me Tim. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm going to be joined very quickly by Kimberly Rose Went. What a wonderful human being she is. Uh, we're going to hear about what she believes in, how she's so incredibly hilarious, and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Until we get to that, I think that we should bring up some pervert fervor. You know what that is, friends. We, uh, love pervert fervor. Timothy Pizza's sound collage scape music thing. And uh, you guys can check that out on Tim's Tesseract.com. It's uh, a great new comedy, sci-fi, not political <laughs> website um, that features Jane Six that I've written, which I'm really excited about. You can hear pervert fervor off of there. Uh, really fun stuff. So this is... And attendant de Bazier this is something about Modesto <laughs> And here we go. We'll press play pervert fervor. are waiting for Kimberly Rose went to be on some call me Tim today I'm gonna read a little bit of Jane 6 why not I wanna I need to reread it anyways every week so I can keep writing it It's my episodic tale that's on Tim's tesseract.com go check it out um here we go I'm gonna leave party beaks in the back it's a pervert fervor Jane Six opened her eyes to a world with three choices. She existed on the 116th floor of the ten lawn, but making this choice would help her live. She certainly wouldn't have to have the catheter anymore, pulling the urine from her body to break it into its usable components. She'd soon be breathing that sunny yellow as oxygen and using the trace carbon to enrich what was called food. No one knew exactly what they ate, except that the brownish-green goo looked disturbingly similar to what came out the back-end tube, and had the right amount of base elements to keep them alive before they made the choice. Jane Six had to choose. Not choosing one of the three meant staying in her pod in the Tenlon, a group of ten high-rise towers built after the water wars of 2121, and she couldn't exist this way much longer. There was talk of a small group of refusers on the 1,050th floor, but that had to be legend. None of the 10 lawn residents seemed to be over 20. How could you live like this by choice? You had to choose, and there was no fourth option of staying. Like all the girls in San Francisco's 10 lawn, Jane Six had never seen a lawn or even been outside the building. She couldn't afford to. The breathing apparatus wasn't part of basic. Neither were the food upgrades or water supplements. She dreamed of glasses of water and was told that making the choice would give her something called a tap, where she could fill glass after glass of the glorious stuff, even wash herself with it. Imagine washing her body with water. The most she'd ever drank at once was the straw capsule devices that delivered one precious ounce just enough to bathe her mouth in its sweatness. She'd have to settle for the water lozenges. All the girls in the ten lawn had acrid breath from sucking on them to keep the dryness at bay. No one liked a girl with dry corners on her mouth, and if she chose to become a sexer, she'd never have a dry mouth again. Sexers got daily deliveries of all kinds of ointments. Nothing on them was dry, and they got a non-restriction tap. Maybe she could be a sexer. She'd been weighing the choices for years. It was certainly the easiest of the three. Sure, she'd lose her cortex and uterus, but she'd have a tap without limits. She imagined what a bath was like, all that water and none for drinking. How decadent to choose how to use all that resource. Sure, she'd let people use her body any way they wanted as a sexual resource, but she wouldn't really have her own mind anymore. They replaced the cortex with a chip that made you want it all the time. So what was the problem? Kim7 and Kim12 became sexers, and they really seemed to like it. In only one week since their choice, they both gained four pounds, their hair shined and bounced, and Kim12 even gave Jane6 a bite of something called apple. It tasted like crunchy sweet water, and Jane6 would do almost anything to get another bite, except to remove her cortex and uterus in what they called a non-invasive surgical procedure. Jane Six could choose to be a breeder. The opposite of a sexer, these girls chose to be implanted. They used their uterus to grow a better future. While sexers worked until they died, it usually happened on the job as a majority of sexers died from strangulation. Breeders only had to birth 20 in their lifetime before they went out to pasture. At least that's what they said. She'd never seen a breeder not full of future, and she'd never seen a pasture. She'd heard rumors that people used to eat animals called cows who lived in pastures and ate grass. But that was crazy talk. No one ate animals. What a waste, as so few animals still existed in 2222. Where would you keep them? In one of the ten lawn towers? Would they have a catheter? How would you recycle the nutrients to their base forms? It was all too much to think about, and Jane 6 didn't think she could be a breeder seemed easy enough get special supplements and a semi-restricted tap she could wash whenever she wanted but never submerge and she could drink glass after glass without payment jane six didn't want the added two extra catheters to her breasts and she'd be constantly growing and shrinking but every choice came with compromises her only real trepidation jane six didn't know if she could handle the constant sucking sounds of four embedded catheters How would she sleep with four pumps mining her body for almost 20 years? And where did that future go? She'd never even seen what the breeders actually made. They got shots, got fat, got skinny, and drank water. Seemed easy enough. Jane Six meandered the gray hallway of the 116th floor to visit Kim twelve. Kim 12 made her choice last week and was moving out of the 10 lawn into the Miss Shawn sexers district. The tallest building there was only a 100 floors and every room had a tap. The lights were always on in the Miss Shawn, casting a reddish hue to invite men and women to the pleasures of the sexers. Anytime anyone wanted it from anyone a sexer was quickly there and happily willing. Could Jane Six be constantly willing? She supposed her cortex had something to do with that but everyone seemed so happy once those pesky things were removed Jane Six perused the ubiquitous choice posters coloring the drab hallway choose now is sex a right for you I can be a breeder too and the rainbow one with a healthy girl drinking a clear glass of liquid that always caught her eye I am a host and I hold the future of the universe inside me being a host seemed the only viable choice for Jane Six. She'd get an unrestricted tap, she'd have access to actual food like Kim's 12's magical water food apple, she'd have her own cortex, she'd never have a catheter hooked to any of her parts again. But what would she have? She'd have an entire new world living inside her, with their own laws and rulers and choices and posters and buildings and beings, and Jane Six would still be Jane Six. Hardly seemed like a compromise. Jane Six stopped in front of Kim-12's doors, solid in her decision. Jane Six would become a host. But today, she'd have another bite of this amazing thing called apple and say goodbye to her friend who was leaving the 116th floor of the 10 lawn for greener pastures, whatever those were. for kim rose went i'll read another one because they're fun to read i can't believe it's raining outside again gosh darn it uh here is number two of periodical installment two ha, 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 ha. all right kim 12 was ready to move because there was nothing to take the girls of tenlon owned nothing not even themselves They could pretend ownership over their choice, but their bodies belonged to everyone in the year 2022, whether they chose sexer, breeder, or host. Everything they needed in the ten lawn came with their room and stayed there after they left. The vibro-brush system attached to the wall cleaned everything. Teeth, hair, catheter portals, the floor, their clothes. The girls wore identical silver silver body-hugging suits with long arms, gloves, and shoe booties. Only their face was exposed. It was best to cover as much skin as possible to avoid the rogue alien colonies who couldn't afford the host program and would burrow their way into bodies through exposed skins or the roots of hair. It wasn't hard to stay thin. You wouldn't want to eat more brown goo, but they had to folds of skin were easy targets for infestation those tiny alien creeps were too poor to pay the system for a real host and if you became an accidental host you wouldn't know until you made the choice and by then it was too late you couldn't be two things at once and if already infected with a colony you'd never have the chance to get a tap you'd have to stay in the ten lawn forever it was unthinkable girls had to be careful before they made the choice Not only were they vulnerable to alien takeover, even worse, they could be forced into being a sexer without having their chip implanted and uterus removed. Jane knew those girls were worse than dead. Choosing to be a sexer meant unrestricted water and the chip that made you like being penetrated. Being a sexer without a chip was an impossibly scary thought. Kim-12 opened the door with a wide smile and hugged Jane-6, who was trying not to let tears form. Tears were an abominable waste of water, unless you had someone to lick the salty wet gifts off your cheek. She'd heard tales of clients who loved lacrimation from their sexers, but it was hard to make a sexer cry once they'd had their cortex blown. Kim-12 was openly letting those precious gems fall. Jane Six studied her face, horrified, then lifted the gorgeous beads of wetness with her finger to her tongue. But, Kimmy Twelve, how, how are you? You made the choice last week. Yes, Janie Six, I did. I'm a sexer now. I'm moving up to the mist, Sean, to start my new life, bigger and better than this dumb box. Red's not my favorite color, but I'll get used to it. I'm gonna miss you. Jane Six let a diamond bead escape. It shined in the glow of the harsh reflected light. None of the Tenlon girls had ever seen the sun because they'd never been outside the high rise. Come with me, Kim 12 pulled Jane Six inside her room. Jane Six sighed, you know I can't be one of you. We've talked over and over about the choice. I can't let them take me. I am all I have, but you're still you. How are you still Kim 12? Kim 12 went to make the sexer change last week. She took the special red elevator to the 400th confidently strode st- strode into Ken 54's surgical studio, laid on the table like the training stream, but had no intention of letting Ken 54 do his job. The Kens on the 400th of the tenlon were expert surgeons, if you could call it that. The rotary machine that descended from the ceiling had two robot arms, one reached between your legs and whirred that bloody pear-shaped uterus out with a simple twist and snap. The other smaller, flexible screw burrowed through your ear to the precious cortex, drilling a hole similar to the lobotomies of 250 years ago. Those were barbaric to women. Those years were barbaric to women. But in 2222, the kind Dr. Kens replaced the cortex with a chip that made you docile, supple, and willing to perform any number of pervert pervert fervors with glee. Kim-12 wasn't about to lose Kim-12 to Ken-54's machinations. Ken 54 read his chart and barely glanced up to meet her eyes. Ken 12, you made the great choice to be a sexer. Don't be afraid of the machine. None of this will hurt. In fact, nothing will ever hurt you again. We're going to start with a drip in your anal catheter. You'll fall right to sleep, and when you wake up, all of this will be... Ken 54 couldn't finish his sentence without the robot arm grabbing, twisting, and pulling his testicles from his body. It sounded like the rubber snaps on Kim 12's jumpsuit. His screams went unheard from behind the locked surgical studio's heavy door. There was often screaming when girls made this choice. Some Kens thought keeping the girls awake during the procedure was funny because they never remembered it once the chip was in. Kim 12 hovered over his limply writhing body and put the flexible screw to his ear. The machine whirred and removed Ken 54 from Ken 54. Kim 12 stuffed his drooling, bleeding body into the surgical waste bin on top of countless uterus and tissue. They used that matter for something, probably the brown girls, the girls in the the brown goo, the girls in the Tenlon eight. No one would miss Ken 54. Not even Ken 54, and Kim 12 walked away, the first sexer without a chip. Incredulity washed Jane 6's face pale. She'd never heard of a Kim or Jane or Cindy of any number not making the choice, or making the choice in a different way. Kim 12 was moving to the Miss Sean. She'd have a bigger room with more comfortable bed. She'd have breathing apparatus to go outside. Kim 12 would have an unrestricted tap and food that wasn't goo. But she'd have to have sex. Something none of the girls had ever done before. And none had done without a chip to like to do it. Jane Six, come with me. Kim 12 softly reached for Jane Six's gloved hand. You don't have to make the choice. I can show you a better way. Kim 12, I came here to tell you that I made my choice. I'm going to be a host. Well, there you go there's installment too so go read it go read it online everybody there's nine installments now um, and they get shorter the first two are pretty long and then I I get shorter as we go along because in the beginning I was being a better writer and now I'm writing them like the day before the deadline so sorry but it's it has been a lot of fun so please go check that out uh, righty. It's raining outside. This is some call me Tim. Please continue enjoying some pervert fervor, and hopefully we'll be back in the second hour with Kim Wen, our special champion, returning this Friday at eight o'clock to Helena Handbasket Six, defending defending her title from Helena Handbasket Two, and hopefully she will come and visit us soon. This is pervert fervor. Well, since I'm here and you're here, why don't we just read episode three of Jane Six? Still waiting for Kimberly Rose Wentz, said she had an emergency. Hopefully, she'll make it in time. But you can see her this Friday as she defends her title for Helena Handbasket Six, defending her title. Uh, this is episode three. It was time for Jane Six to meet her colony, the UTIUD were a highly advanced society of biobacterial bacterial sentient beings. 30,000 of them would thrive inside her body, populating and continuing their alien species, while she got to enjoy living in a new world of unlimited water. But what would that be like? Jane Six had no access to previous hosts. She used to know the girls in the Tenlon that chose hosting, but they always moved right after implantation to their new living quarters in the Diamond Heights. She heard it used to be a hill, but San Francisco 2222 had no topography that you could see. It was an ocean of buildings and myriad people swimming among them. The outside world was a lot like what oceans used to be like. You couldn't breathe without an apparatus in either. You couldn't breathe without an apparatus in it either. Jane Six wondered how the UTI UD would breathe inside her. Kim 12 gave Jane Six something called a book. It was like a still screen of pictures and symbols sewn together. The screens didn't move unless you pulled them apart with your fingers. She couldn't swipe anywhere and had a difficult time figuring out how to turn the first page. How delicate it was, this paper. How decadent to have a thing that was yours and then you kept and moved around and looked at whenever you wanted. Almost all the walls inside the ten lawn were touchscreen activated for information. Any pictures they wanted to look at, they could, but these strange blocks of symbols with small breaks between them were mesmerizing. What did they mean? And these pictures were unbelievable. Cute, whiskered, four-legged animals in baskets with yarn in pastures. Jane Six had heard that these fluffy creatures existed before the water wars of 2121, and they were called cats. But cats, as an Earth-dwelling species, became extinct shortly after the first alien invasion in 2099 of the Lupine. The lupine were space wolverines that confused the feline species as a food source. Humans didn't seem to mind because they were originally targeted as the primary food source. The Space Federation declared humanity a fine source as they were overpopulating and didn't seem to want to stop despite vastly dwindling resources. An interuniversal study by the Federation concluded that if the lupine took out 95% of humans, they'd be able to share their advanced water-conserving technology with the remaining 5%, save the planet from further degradation, and remove the threat of war and destruction from humanity. Unfortunately for all cats, the lupine landed in a repository where humanity relinquished their non-breeders, non-sexers, and non-workers. 2099 was still a time when people got something called old and had to live somewhere far away because they smelled funny, moved slowly, and got sick. The lupine were told that humans were virile, quick, tasty morsels, opposite to the decrepit gray-haired hunchbacks in walkers and wheelchairs they discovered. The cats on their laps, however, were delicious and these old people had a lot of cats. Lupine discovered a taste for feline rather than human and decimated 95% of their population. There hadn't been any cats on the planet since 2100. Their only memory existing in pictures and legends. Would Jane Six's implanted alien colony be as ruthless? The reason Jane Six chose to be a host was to keep Jane Six intact. She wasn't willing to compromise whatever Jane Six was for the lush comforts of being a sexer, and she was worried about the contract she'd have to abide by to become a host. Jane Six refused to be exterminated. That one was pretty short. they get shorter as I said as I go along because I get lazier and lazier Uh, you can always go check them out and you can um, subscribe via email and you can get the newest first you can get uh, Jane Six sent to you isn't that exciting you can read it yourself this one's actually a little longer funny enough should we keep going we'll listen to more pervert, pervert fervor Uh, But go check out Tim's Tesseract, Gene Six. This is Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Just hanging out today. Uh, It's rainy. I drank some coffee, so I feel hyped up, friends. Hyped about the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. That's what I'm hyped about. It's going to be great. March 1st through 5th. It's coming up about six weeks. Go check it out online, mutinyradio.fm. See all the, every day I've been updating the website and telling you who uh, is part of it. Uh, Jenna Vesper is today's. Actually, I'll go through that. Why not? If you're actually listening here. Um, So people performing in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival presented by Spark, the third annual Uh, Jenna Vesper is a Portland-based Sex and body positive comedian Jenna will make you laugh, cry, and think About texting that Tinder date you ghosted on You've seen her performing all over Portland, Northwest And recently in the Portland Queer Comedy Festival Validate her on all social media platforms At Jenna with a smile Jenna is a high-energy, crass, hard-working team player Divorced by chubby hairy slut Who loves jokes about her dead parents Come see her during the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Another Portland-based comedian, Chris Johnson, is a Portland native who's been on the rise in its comedy scene in just a few short years. He's been featured on many major showcases all over the city and beyond. Johnson often comes to the stage equipped with his geeky views as black millennial. Tales from his Northwest upbringing and hella nerdy rants about Lord of the Rings and Naruto he was a semi-finalist in Helium's Port- Helium's Portland's Funniest Person competition 2017 and winner of the House of Hijinks comedy competition 2017 in Portland come see him at the Muni Radio Comedy Festival also Kevin Paniagua was born and raised in Los Angeles he's been doing stand-up for five years in clubs all over LA he is 30 years old has lived in L.A. his entire life. He thinks he's pretty darn funny. He's good at playing hoop, too. Other than that, he's not really good at anything else. Isaac Pendergrass is a stand-up comic, writer, producer, actor, and engineer based in Portland. Everyone's from Portland. His comedic style is heavily informed by his upbringing in rural South Carolina. Isaac was a finalist in Portland's Funniest Person Contest 2017 and produces co-hosts the live monthly game show Wait What? at the Curious Comedy Theater. When not on stage, he can be found spending time with his wife and two children. Pedro Andrade is based out of Portland, Oregon. During the day he's a social worker and at night he turns into a stand up comic. He's been performing in Portland for almost two years and doesn't own any pets unless you consider student debt student loan debt a cat. He was born in Michoacan, Mexico, but has been a been in the US most of his life. He started telling jokes at the thirty eight. I don't know if that means a bus or 38 years old clay newman did not write this bio he's way too humble about hilarious and talented he is you might have seen him on the tv in toyota commercials as a painted red football fan or perhaps as a dorky tech guy he's a real actor which means he drives for one of those rideshare things when he's not making audiences laugh all over the bay area at big and small clubs this is his third year as a performer for the mutiny radio comedy festival Kevin Monroe is a Trinidad-born co- comedian and actor based in Los Angeles. He began performing stand-up comedy in San Francisco, and after placing in a local comedy competitions, walked away from Silicon Valley. Kevin was first runner-up in Rooster Teeth Feathers Comedy Competition two years in a row. Won the 2010 Walk the Plank Comedy Competition and San Jose Improv's 2012 Beat the Heat Comedy Competition. He was selected for Sketchfest, SF Sketchfest, and. 2013 Bridgetown Comedy Festival. A regular at major clubs and theaters nationwide, Kevin has opened and featured for top talent including Tracy Morgan, Chris Franjola, Paul Mooney, Eddie Pepitone, Lonnie Love, and W. Kamu Bell. He started at the Brainwash, and now we hear... Pam Benjamin is the director of Mutiny Radio. She started comedy. She started the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival in 2016 because she used to do theater, and this whole radio comedy thing is way easier. She has an MFA in poetry and an MA in fiction because she likes framed pieces of fancy paper in her kitchen, but she's been doing stand-up since July 2011 because comedy is poetry people actually listen to. You should buy her second published novella, Voices, on Kindle. Or listen to one of her many podcasts on the station. AltaCast, Happy Hour Joke Workshop, Tastics Comedy Clubhouse, Some Call Me Tim, True Hustle Thursdays. She also writes a story, Jane Six on Tim's Tesseract. Pam loves the fuck out of her cat, Spike and Jonathan. Not a cat. But she hates the infantilization of our relationship with the term boyfriend. Marty Cunney grew up in Nevada. No, not Nevada. Nevada. He went to Berkeley where he amped up his white privilege game and bought it brought it to the mission where he can wield it to its full potential. He plays the Jewish piano accountant by day and dirt bad stand-up comedian by night. He also plays rugby, so he is going to blame all his bombing on CTE. He takes both fiber supplements and uses a squatty potty, so sometimes he doesn't even have to wipe. Someone told him last week (laughs) he would make a great male stripper because they often look for hairy men with large thick legs Alison Hooker yes that's indeed her last name and it's pronounced like the profession is a San Francisco based comedian and writer who regularly performs in the underground comedy scene as well as prominent clubs such as Punchline and Cobbs she is a member of the Hella Funny crew and once opened for a guy who opened for Dave Chappelle (laughs) she loves Mutiny Radio that's nice uh Karina Diglight is a stand-up comedian living in LA who moved from London originally and is originally Lithuanian. So here's to diversity. She loves comedy and anything that makes her laugh. She also acts and produces films. Her last movie ended up in the Rain Dance Film Festival in UK and Cannes. She acted in a bunch of independent films and the coolest thing she recently did was for Faze Rain Chanel, who has about 8 million followers. She played the runaway bride getting an Uber getting in an uber and a wedding dress she's extremely tall six feet she lived in the soviet union when she was just a kid so a lot of her jokes are about that she's an immigrant here in the united states who also used to tour in a girl dance group around lithuania dancing folk in wooden shoes she speaks four languages and used to work in the bank now she's just working as a clown Here's next. Hi, I'm Ivan Garcia, stand-up comedian. Nice to meet you. Started performing in San Francisco, California. Currently reside in Austin, Texas. I'm a burrito aficionado and vinyl enthusiast. Take a leap into the absurd and join me for some kombucha on an unforgettable and an unforgettable sunset. I've been doing comedy for eight years. I've dedicated myself to traveling the U.S. for comedy for the past four. I make a bunch of short comedy videos at IvanInSpace.com. Also, he performed at Mutiny Radio when it was called Pirate Cat. And Alex Jima Papa began performing stand-up at the age of 19 and soon became a mainstay in the Boston comedy scene. He shared the stage with industry heavyweights such as Bill Burr and. Gary Goldman and is open for Adam Divine and Eric Griffin of Workaholics fame. He's competed in the World Series of Comedy, was a third-time finalist in the Beantown Comedy Riots, and has been featured in the Salem Comedy Festival, the Motor City Comedy Festival, Detroit, Michigan, as well as the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Alex produces too. He's started hit shows such as The Comedy Zoo, Stand Up at Lit, and Gia- Gima papalooza at UMass Amherst and currently produces comedy at Garcia Brogan's in Waltham, Massachusetts, as well as Comedy Fire and High Performance Comedy in Boston. He's also done benefit shows recently, raising over $2,000 for the Michael and Curtis Crocker Scholarship Memorial Fund. Papa's comedy makes him a popular choice as both a host and closer, with classic stand-up style blended with a fresh perspective. Described as unique but relatable, Alex's personal and honest approach allows him to reach audiences of all ages and backgrounds. Alex also writes. He was a longtime author of a popular comedy blog, The G-Spot, and has written various web series and screenplays including The Lemonade Stand and Blunt Cruise. While in Los Angeles, Alex wrote and performed Bane of the Party, a sketch for Brava Comedy. Non-comedic accolades include becoming a state champion wrestler in high school and NCWA conference champion All-American in college. He also helped build the customer experience department for the Purple Carrot as well as Tom Brady's meal kit service TB12 Performance Meals. Alex was 4th grade Spelling Bee champion and runner-up in 7th grade after a highly controversial editor's note. I totally got screwed and will never let this go. Loss in the finals. <laughs> To book Alex as a comedian, producer, actor, writer, or anything, really, simply contact him at alexgmapapa at gmail.com.
3: All right.
1: So those are a bunch of the people that are going to be performing at the Mutiny Radio Radio Comedy Festival. But there's 37 people, so that's just a small handful of them. You can check updates on mutinyradio.fm and uh, see who's in that. Also on Facebook, of course. We're so lame. Uh, More of Pervert Fervor, everyone, on Some Call Me Tim. if no Kimberly Rose went sad face I wanted to I love talking to her but she is going to be on that show which is going to be great this Friday from 8 to 10 hell in a handbasket number six it's going to be a lot of fun don't miss it come on down here to Mutiny Radio on the corner of 21st in Florida it's a great show it's like chopped both premises stand-up improv Kimberly Rose went is great at she really is funny lady. Uh, we'll talk to her another time, though. Nope, that's fine. Enjoy the rain, everyone, in San Francisco. And uh, I will... Okay, we'll just keep listening to this pervert forever. I don't want to read anymore. You guys don't want to hear Jane 6. Go read Jane 6. You don't want to hear it. You should read it. And uh, come around tonight. Warhol Kaufman is going to be... Um, Filling in for uh, Ayesha Birdsong on Whoa Wednesdays. So that should be a lot of fun. So keep enjoying Pervert Fervor and enjoy everything here at Mutiny Radio. And uh, we'll be back another time here. I'm sorry, I'm looking at many different things. I'm a terrible host. I'm the worst host in the world. If you haven't liked us on Facebook, please do that and like the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. That would be super helpful if you could do uh, that. Come out tonight, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Seriously, go go read um go read my Jane Six. I'm proud of it. I think uh I think it's I'm I'm sorry. Am I allowed to be proud of myself? I think so. All right, everybody. Uh, Have a great day and enjoy this pervert for a verse. Don't call me Tim.
5: Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at Clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Run!
3: Updated every three parsecs. Tim's Tesseract.com. Tim's Tesseract.com.
6: Guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother.
4: To Muni Radio at MuniRadio.fm, it's a great place to listen to crazy things.
2: Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a paddle? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship But I ain't scurvy shit face McRat.
8: <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti capitalist program. We interview community organizers.